What's up, everybody? This is Steve Wichel. Cover Band Central official audio podcast number five. Coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana, live. And this is Tony B. coming to you live from scenic New Jersey. Yes, sir. What's up, Tony? What up? How are you, my friend? Most excellent. How about yourself? Very good. We are live right now on the Cover Band Central page, and I am going to... I just I just refresh the page and I see it. So yeah, I, I'm going to make live, sure, baby. I'm gonna. I got to put a little message in here and say, "Join us live right now and ask questions, leave comments live." I'm, I'm saying this and I'm typing it at the same time. You and need like a like a dictation little program where you can just speak yes. it and it will type it for you yes uh done editing. no doubt that looks good it says carbon central official fo- podcast number five live is what it says there yeah and everything seems to be operating awesome this is great um so if anybody is listening or do listen pop in um ask your questions uh, leave comments we want to uh, talk about what you want to talk about so if there's something on your mind about music playing in bands anything let us know, and we will riff on it. And uh, any questions, anything, bring it on. Bring it on. So, in the meantime, tell me about your weekend, sir. You played, yes? Awesome, yeah. A great weekend. Uh, played a Cinco de Mayo party on Saturday. Uh, private party in the backyard. About 150 people uh, down in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, great, great time. It was... Uh, you know, as always, like we we spoke about, you know, many times in the past shows, just so refreshing and, and, and you know, blessed to be able to play, uh, you know, in situations where the people really appreciate you. They, they want you there. They feed you. They, you know, as soon as we got there, uh, Mike, the, the host, he said, oh, you know, can I get you something to drink? What do you guys want? And he had growlers of some local brew pub beers. So he poured me a nice uh, IPA, like a blueberry IPA, actually, and it was outstandingly excellent, very tasty. So we enjoyed a beverage. We got set up, and most exciting of all was we upgraded uh, our mixer, and we got a new Behringer X32. Uh, So I was able to control my monitor mix through my phone by downloading the app, and then the board comes up on your phone, you can adjust you know, independently for my monitor mix, everyone's vocal, every instrument, every drum, my vocal. I can put effects on things if I want it, uh, on certain things and no effects on others. I can change, like I said, the volume of anything at any given time. Super intuitive, uh, very, very cool, very hip. Uh, in-ear monitors. Uh, it was it was great, you know. So, and the, this, this was uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this was an outdoor gig or an indoor gig? No, outdoor gig uh, outdoor. outside. It was the weather was a little questionable, so it had a big tent. We're on a big patio out, you know, in the back. Beautiful new, brand new house in the uh, new development. You know, quiet neighborhood, cul-de-sac, beautiful. Um, and like I said, the the new Behringer X32 mixer. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's so cool because when you're moving the faders on your phone, the faders on the board move. And 
the preamps in that board are just so crisp. They're so, uh, you know, vibrant. The sound was just, you know, it was like a veil was lifted. We had an older PV board, which served us well for probably six years, seven years. We've had that board, and it's a it was a workhorse. But over like the past six months, we noticed it started to sound. Let's make a duplicate. It started to start sound like it was kind of muffled, you know. <laughs> and we couldn't figure out. You know, the vocals weren't crisp anymore, and it wasn't the speakers and the the you know the, it just didn't have any bottom. The kick didn't have like that earth shaking type of bottom. Uh, and now all of a sudden, with this new board, uh, like I said, the veil has been lifted, and it was crystal clear. I mean, clear. Ton of headroom, plenty of headroom. You know, plenty of power, and just. The kick drum was immense, you know, the, the sub was just, it was booming, it was pumping. And the drums, you know, in general just had a, a, a real vibrant and, and a thump to them, you know, and a real full, full natural sound. So that's my little spiel on, on the X32. That, uh, you know, we were hesitant about getting it. Uh, it was a pretty heavy learning curve. Steve uh, Bergamini, in our, you know, in my band was... Uh, you know, spearheaded the initiative and, and learned how to use it and figured out, you know, all the tricks to it and really spent a lot of time on it. So Stevie B, if you're listening, man, kudos, excellent job and taking that on and uh, what a payoff. It, it just sounded phenomenal. It was really good. So that's great. Uh, that, was, that was my weekend. Great gig. It sounded great. People loved it. And, and to boot was even funnier is that there's a wedding catering hall down the street from the place. And, you know, being a new development, the sound carries where uh, a guy actually came over and said, uh, do you have a card? Be interested in maybe having nice. it, you know, on the roster for the uh, the wedding venue. Even so though the, we didn't play any wedding songs, but he just, it was, it was funny. So there is something to be said for playing loud, I guess, then, huh? Or just outside in general, the sound carries, I guess, you right. know, and uh, it's like we said, you know, it's the testament to, you have a professional band, you know, everyone rehearses, everyone, you know, has the right gear, everyone takes their, their craft seriously, everyone's a top, you know, of their game and tries to do the best that they can and the band comes through and sometimes we take that for granted you know when we have a great gig or it's just a great performance you know you get used to playing at that level and it really is nice to you know be appreciated by someone that doesn't even know you that just came out from a random you know uh earshot away and uh, who knows we gave him a couple cards maybe we get some gigs out of it right on so i want to go back to back up a little bit with this new board and the whole new yeah. in-ear thing um, I mean, a lot of people out there can attest to, as you and I can attest to doing this uh, podcast, that setting up an audio thing with new equipment is sometimes challenging. So did you guys run into any sort of obstacles or problems amongst yourselves? I, I know you said Steve had it together, but did, it, did anybody have any sort of uh, technical issues that you had to work out to, you know, with new, new gear? Well, we did some dry runs, you know, before the gig, not full blown with the band, but um, just, you know, downloading the app, investigating the features, how it works. Uh, Steve figured out, you know, the effect sends and the buses and how to route things. And uh, you know, the board's pretty intuitive. Uh, again, we're just scratching the surface of it. You know, I'm, I'm sure another, you know, two months down the road of using it and learning some more tricks. But no, um, you know knock on wood it, there was it went off really flawlessly you know we plugged the board in we got it up and running everyone got their mixes up and listen i have like a ghetto uh in-ear monitor rig you know I, I come out of my headphone uh amp you know my headphone send rather out of my board i have a carbon board 16 channel and i used to put all my drums into the board and then send them to the main board 
But now I plug everything into the main board. I get one monitor send back out from that board, plug it into my board, and then I just plug my headphones in. And then I can control through the app on the phone all of the the volumes and, and the, the different uh, effects and whatnot that were on there. So it's like I said, it was really – it was pretty easy. You know, I know Steve did the hard part learning how to use the actual rig and, and how to – you know how it works and the wiring sequence of everything, but um, you know you have unlimited channels. It's a thirty-two channel board, so I mean I could have you know six, eight, ten, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, two kick drums and a snare, and there's still a whole you know half a board left for the rest of the band. Right. Um, so you know I'm just playing a five-piece kit at the gig. Right. But um. And what is so what plug is plug everything into the board? What What is the app on your phone? Is it Is it part of any sort of software that comes with the the uh, behringer or is it just a separate app that you download? no no it's, it's behringer and you go on and you look for you know x32 free download you find the app you load it down to your phone okay. ipad whatever i bring my ipad next time because it's a bigger screen so it'd be easier than on the phone right uh and you download it and then there's a router you know you have, you have to buy a router for it because it's it's bluetooth so you get the IP address, you know, you plug it into your phone, you get the password for it, and then you connect to it. And as soon as you connect to it, the interface comes up on your phone, and then you're live on the board. Right. Very cool. So uh, now, for all you guys collectively, it's the first time using in-ears, um, how was, what was everybody's reaction? Did everybody find it better? Um, was there any sort of adjustments to that? Well, it was a mixed use because I... Some you know Steve and some of the guys in the band are, and Shuli, uh, the other singer, they're going to buy in ears. Okay, so they don't just, have you know, them yet. A doctor, I have a Beats. Okay. No, so I have a Beats like sports headphone, you know, that with the hook on the ear, so you, you can like jog with it. Doesn't fall out of your ear. Right. I use that; it gives me a decent amount of isolation. Right. But like Jim, the keyboard player, he was coming right out of his keyboard monitor, like his amp, you know. So he had his regular ambient monitor. He controlled his mix through that. Uh, and the other guy, you know, rest of the band members were going through their monitors, so and it worked great. So the it, the thing with in ears though is, you know, you got to be careful of the volume. It's crystal clear, but the beauty of being able to mix it is that you know it reminds you like when you were a kid and you play along, you know, to records, right? And you put it on the headphones and you sit down to drum or play bass in your case or guitar or whatever, right, right. and you have that mix. And like when you get the volume right. And you're playing, you know, perfectly in sync with the with the part that you're, you know, is on the song you're playing along with. It just sounds full, and it sounds like a CD, and it sounds produced, and it sounds rich and really, you know, warm. And that's exactly what it sounded like. Right. So by having, for me, you know, having the in ears in, um, you know, I pulled them out too and check it out. You know, the the kick sounds good. It sounds like boomy in the room, and it's got some presence, but it's a little flat. You know, you put the headphones in, and it's like hitting you in the chest immediately. So it's just. And the vocals are, you know, you can hear everyone's vocal, like, right in your face. Right. So it's really, really uh, revealing, and it's really inspiring when you can actually hear what everybody is singing crystal, crystal clear. And you can, like I said, adjust the monitor mix to tailor it any way you want. So um, right. you know, I can't talk enough about it. I'm a big fan. 
yeah. um, of this new Behringer board, and I'm excited to really start using it, you know, all the time. Nice. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of the in-ears. I, I, it took me a little while to get used to it, but once I got used to it, once I got a really good mix, which I didn't have under my control, it was, you know, we had a sound man working for us who's trying to do the sound in front of house and also do an in-ear mix for everybody and also do sound in five other clubs during the same night. So, I, you know, I didn't have that luxury of, of doing the run-throughs like you did. But I, what I want to get to, I, I really what the heart of this really for me is about the in-ears and, and could, because that's a big thing that people talk about, the music community in general, um, uh, the, the debate between it. And there's a lot of people out there that are old school that have never even tried it. So what I, what's the feeling with the rest of the band since they didn't use the in-ears? Is it something they're looking forward to doing? Or is there something they're trying to avoid doing? Or, or you know, how, how does everybody feel about it? Oh, no, they're, they all feel they're excited. I mean, Jim, you know, everybody is on board to buy them, right? They all want to get them because, to your point, you know, I've I've been using the in-ears for about two years now. You know, I switched over to, to the earbuds, we'll say, right, because I wanted to be able to mix my own drums and, and get a good fat mix. And then, to your point, I would get a monitor mix out of the board, and it would be like, you know, I'd have to yell, Hey, you know, give me a little more guitar, a little less bass, uh, you know, a little more keyboard, and you know, slightly, slightly more vocal uh, on Shuli's mic. And then once you start playing, and you know, song to song, it changes, and it's you know, it's very difficult with the app and having the in ears and having the mix right at your fingertips. I mean, you can adjust it. Like for me, I was playing as we were playing. You know, I would just keep the groove going with one hand, and with the other hand, I would adjust my mix. And get the levels where I wanted them right. to the point where I got it like perfect, you know, where it was great. And what it does is it remembers that. So now next time I go back and I, you know, log on with the Bluetooth, the levels on my phone will be exactly like they were. That's fantastic. You know, before. And again, with the vocal clarity and being able to hear yourself and there's no, you know, the stage volume is really mitigated, right? Because, I mean, yeah, the drums are going to have, you know, volume, but everyone doesn't have to play that loud. And you can control, you don't have all that crosstalk with all the different monitor mixes, you know, interference right. on the stage volume. Because we've all been there, right? You're on stage and you're playing and the mix is horrible. And it's uninspiring. And, you know, you're not playing your best because it just doesn't sound good. With these in-ears, I mean, it sounds like a record. It really does. You right. know, I mean, it's garbage in, garbage out. So, again, if you have good tone going in and, you know, everything is mixed and the band sounds good, you can tailor your monitor mix, so it's very exciting. Everyone's really looking forward to, to you know to getting the in ears and trying them out and using them, and it will be a big adjustment and it'll be a difference. But especially because you know they're wireless, right? So for for Shuli, when she's out front, you know she doesn't have to be on stage by her monitor or out front to try to hear it through the mains. You know she's going to hear her voice in her head at whatever level she wants it relative to everyone else in the band, and she's going to be able to tailor her own mix. And that's you know. That's huge because for, you know, for lead singers, that's always the thing, you know, I need more effects. I can't hear myself. I need it louder. The monitor, you know, if the club is loud and, or whatever, you know, the, the monitor may not be cutting it to the point where you're really satisfied with it. With the in-ears, I mean, it's like having headphones on so you can hear everything crystal clear. So to answer your question, yeah, everyone is super excited yeah. uh, to, to get the in-ears and to try them out. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like it, and I can't say enough about it, too. And I agree with you how it sounds like a record. And to me, it's like, it, it gives me that comfort of sitting at home and learning songs with my headphones on, because that's generally how I 
anytime I have to learn a song, I play the, the CD or the MP3 or whatever, put my headphones on, and I have my bass through a mixer, and I can hear them both, and I, I'm, it's just me playing along with the record. That's really kind of how I learn everything. Um, so when I'm at the gig and it sounds just as good to me like that, it just feels comfortable like me sitting at home. And that, that's something that I think helps me play better. And it's going to help anybody play better when you sound, when the sound is better. I mean, obviously. Um, it is. And you can spend a lot of money, you know, on like multiple driver in-ear, you know, headphones. Uh, you know, so it does, you know, you I think 350-ish is like the baseline models and they go up to like 12, 1500 bucks, you know, and it depends on what earbud you get to depend on, you know, the clarity. Like I said, I have a, you know, $125 pair of beats, you know, which sound great. Right. But if you listen to like a two or three driver in-ear monitor, so that just gives you more of a frequency range, you know, the so bottom is like, you know, bottomless and the, the top is really crispy. Right. So that's a one driver road, then that what you have is a one, you just have one driver and the $125 one. Yeah, that's it. It's just one driver, one driver, but it's it's right. it's it's beats, you know, by by Dre. So it has a, a bottom frequency enhancement in it. Right. So you know the, the the bottom sounds fat. Right. But I've I've listened through other in ears which are, you know, six seven hundred dollar model, and it's it's no comparison. It's like holy shit, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just trying to slow you down a little bit because uh, some of what you're saying is Greek to a lot of people. So I just want to make sure that we you know really explain the whole deal about drivers and. And you know price range and and how it makes a difference. So because I have the same thing, I have like it's it was around the same amount of money, and it's I guess it's one driver, um, but it sounds really good. And and Sean, uh, the drummer for the band at the Swamp, uh, where I play on Bourbon Street, um, he has a five hundred dollar pair. So I think it's like a four driver, and um, he uses it all the time, and he swears by it. So um, yeah, it's it's a new it's a really relatively new technology still for even though the professionals have been using it for a long time at, at our level I think um even though we are professional level we're not you know playing stadiums um it's uh it's relatively new for us for at least getting the real good gear um you know like you guys just did. Yeah, and I'd like to add one thing just to say that you know it is expensive, right? It is an investment. Like, you know, uh, anytime we've bought gear, you know, what we've collectively done is, you know, we've played a bunch of gigs, right? So rather than just, you know, keep divvying up the bread at the end of the night, we would say, okay, you know, we're going to take 10% off the top of this gig and put it in the bank, you know, 10% off the next gig, put it in the bank. Right. Um, you know, or a hundred dollars, you know, if it's not a high paying gig and just put it in the bank. And all of a sudden, you know, six, seven, eight months later, you might have two grand in there, right. you know? That's and nice. now you can buy gear, and it's not an inconvenience to anyone to say, "Hey, you have to ante up." You know. Now, listen, you're not. You know, I'm not saying, "Hey, I need a new drum set. I'm going to take that money out of the bank and go buy it." It's a collective fund, you know, for the band. So if you have to buy cables, if you have to renew your website domain name. If you need to buy a new mixer, if you need a main, if you need a monitor, you know, any expense for gear can come out of that fund. And collectively, you know, everyone owns a piece of it. It's the band's gear. Right. Cool. So it makes it a lot easier to, to make the investment, you know. But if you're going to buy a mic or you're going to buy, you know, expensive headphones, that's a personal investment, you know, because that's your own gear. Be no different than if you buy strings for your bass or you decide to buy a new amp, you know. Right. right. But uh, are you so guys, um, it, are, I'm sorry to interrupt, but are you, are you guys incorporated as, as a business, Wisenheimer's? 
we are not. That is something that's like on an LLC? our list yeah. be, because, you know, a lot of times when we play venues, they ask for a certificate of insurance. You know, they want vendor insurance, right? Especially if you're playing a wedding or a private party at a country club or some sort of uh, catering hall. They will typically ask you for insurance. And that's a good point that you brought that up, Steve, because what we have discovered is, you know, you can get online an insurance certificate, you know, for the band. You pay 50 bucks. It's like insurance for one night. And, you know, you're covered for up to whatever it is, $50,000, we'll say, per occurrence, or maybe it's even 100 And it's just it's good for the one night of the performance. However, if you and me and Pete are all in a band together, and I say, oh, don't worry, guys, I'll, I'll handle the insurance on this one. I'll just, you know, I'll put it in my name, and I'll just go on the website quick and get the, you know, print out the certificate and pay the 50 bucks, and we're good to go. What happens is... To your point, if you're not incorporated, everyone is an individual entity in that band. So if I right. took out the insurance in my name and something, God forbid, happens, I'm I'm the one that's going to get sued. I'm liable, you know, right? because my name is on the cert. Whereas if you have an LLC or an incorporated, you know, like the Weisenheimers LLC, then the, collectively the band becomes like a partnership, you know, just like a business. And then your assets and your personal property is protected Right. To where if there is an event, uh, you know, an adverse event that you need to have insurance cover, it would be, you know, against the policy. And they can only come after the band collectively for what you have in the bank account, right? Because you don't own anything as a band. You know, maybe the gear, but other than that, you're, you're insulated from them coming after you to get, you know, personal liability. Yes, that's that's a good uh, distinction to know. And that topic does come up here on this page quite a bit. Um, where people, uh, and there's people out there that know this stuff, but there's definitely people that want to learn about it. So, and I'll post articles from time to time about how to do, how to form an LLC for your band and, and all the tax information you need and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, because you basically all become employees, you know, and you can pull a paycheck off it if you want. Right. Um, but the main thing is that it just, it, it protects you, you know, right. because let's face it, you know, if you're playing nine times out of 10, you know, a bar gig or a private party. They're not asking you for the insurance, you know, but if it's a wedding or a catering hall or a venue, more than half the time, they're going to look for that. And sometimes they may even enforce it to where they want it ahead of time before you can load in. And I was asking the guy one time, I said, you know, what is the big deal with the insurance and, and you know, all this other stuff? And he said, because, you know, if your guitar player puts his guitar up against our thousand dollar wallpaper, and somehow it slides down, scratches it, or you're you know you're loading into the gig and you bash into the wall with a road case and take a chunk out of the wood molding on the door or something, you know, that's where you're protected for. As well as if you're playing and somebody's drunk and they fall into your lights and it comes crashing down on somebody and they get hurt, right? You know, so they're they're all real you know instances. But I mean, really, you know, thankfully, you know, the thirty plus years I've been playing out, I've never had any incidents where anything ever happened, you know, bad at a gig. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but it is good to have it, that protection. And, uh, and, and especially when you're spending a lot of money on your band, I think for having it an LLC, um, for tax purposes, um, that works in your favor. Cause then you can write off, you know, just about any expense for the band. Sure, as opposed to having to issue 1099s to everybody at the end of the year. Right. You know, and then you have thousands of dollars of income that you weren't anticipating on that no tax was taken out of, right? 
Right. But 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 the venue is claiming it because maybe they paid you in a check. And that's the other thing, you know, under six hundred dollars, you don't have to claim it. So if you know you're going to play, if you have five people in your band and you're playing a venue that's going to write you a check, uh, you can be slick. And if you play there only five times in the course of the year, you can have them write the check out to a different band member each time. You with me? And then yes. you don't have to claim the money because it's less than $600. Right. That's clever. Clever way to get around uh, Uncle Sam. Yeah. I mean, you're not talking big money, but right. every little bit counts, you know, and at the end sure. of the year... Um, you know, like I said, the way we do it is if we get the venue, it's usually written out to, to our keyboard player, Jim, he's the treasurer of the band. He'll get all the checks written out to him. And then, you know, at the end of the year, his accountant will issue 1099s to everybody. And then it's up to us, you know, to claim it and pay, pay the tax on it. Right on. So, so that's definitely good something to think about. Like you said, when you get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're playing a lot and you're taking it seriously, you definitely want to think of it as a business and treat it and, and run it as such. Um, so we have, um, it, we're live on the page, but we have no comments, <laughs> no, no likes, no nothing. Uh, it's, it's not because people are just awestruck, Steve, that it's live, you know, they, they, they don't even know how to re react to it yet. I don't think so. I, th <laughs> I, th <laughs> I think, uh, I, I, it's just not reaching a lot of people and I can see the reach on the page and it says, uh, 706 people reach. And now see we have, but we do have one participant. On the see, I have the group too. There's the Cover Band Central group and the Cover Band Central page. The group has about 7,500 people in it. Let me see, 7,384 in it. Um, and so I shared it on the group too. And our one participant is uh, his name is uh, Key Key Key. key. <laughs> see, I'm just messing with him now because I know he's listening. Cal P P Pilshaw is how you say his name. Cal, I think I know that guy. And and he he put a picture of the board that you were discussing, and so <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at awesome. it now. I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at the XLR inputs. It look like little faces with little surprised faces. Uh, yeah. And uh, each channel is clearly and cleanly labeled. How wonderful is that look? To wow! Me? Thanks for putting that up, Cal. Cal sounds like a pretty good like a good guy. I'd like to meet him. He does. I, um. Cal, good job. And this is my biggest pet peeve with the where I play, um, specifically on the weekend. The the board we go through, we, there's a snake on the stage with the XLR inputs, and it is just just it, it's it's flat on the floor, like kind of in in the stage, sunk into the stage in the back on at stage left on, uh, on my well, side. All kinds of grime and and it's yeah, stuff. I mean ashes from years ago and and. Uh, you know, and you can't really read any of the numbers. And there's, I, I did take a picture of it. I should put that up. I, don't, I, I can't do it right now, but a picture of the all the wires coming out of that. It's just a cluster F of wires, and nothing is labeled. And it's and the sound. We just had a sound man come in a couple weeks ago, starting there, and he's a veteran sound man of the street, but he didn't know any of the setup in the room. And then he comes in, and he's just running around like a chicken with his head cut off, at trying to figure out what line is going where, just pulling wires. All we ended up starting an hour late, I think, on Friday last week, because of him just trying to get everybody through the board. So, Kel, this looks fantastic, and I want to hire you as my sound man down here. So, book <laughs> a flight right now, yeah, Kel. It makes, a, it makes a big difference. Like what you're saying too is that. That time killer at the beginning, you know, when you're having struggles with the sound 
and now you're running late and everyone's getting impatient. You know, everyone's asking you how much longer and you can't get it to work. And, you know, we've all been there. And that's just a bad headspace to then start your gig with, you know? You know what my favorite channel is here on this thing? I wish you could see this picture. I guess you could if you went on to the Caravan Central group. But yeah. um, my favorite channel, and Kel's going to laugh as soon as I say this, is number 15. And it's just labeled extra. <laughs> yeah, and that's only one of extra as you keep going across. on. Like I said, if you go on the app on your phone, you just keep scrolling across and it's like, eight channels then another eight then another eight then another eight then okay. another eight you know it's just it's endless and then you can you can just keep adding you know to, to that sub sub mix and sub channels and uh the coolest thing we don't have it but the snake for the new boards remember how like you were talking about you put the box on the stage with the snake and then you have this like garden hose coming out the back of it you know wire that then makes its way back to the board right to, to plug in all the xlrs on the other end and it's like ah the new Behringer yeah. board has like a telephone cable, like a Cat Five, uh-huh. and you just—it's got a, a telephone plug on the end, like you plug a phone into a wall. So you plug in that cable, and then that goes to the snake box. So there's no hokey, giant, like you said, garden hose worth of wire that you know you're trying to unroll across the stage and you know tripping hazard. It's just this little tiny, little you know Cat Five wire, and that's it. it goes right over to the, the from the board to the snake, and you know you plug in all your inputs to the snake but right. we're, we're not there yet with the snake so we're just running direct to the back of the board but yeah you know if you see the picture the back of that board is a real friendly interface the channels are just very clearly marked it's very easy that's to what access. i'm looking at plug, 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 plug it right in yeah that's what i'm looking at that's what he sent me a yeah. picture of it's very cool it looks beautiful it looks just nice and clean there's no dust on it there's no uh, uh, superfluous markings um <laughs> no it's clean i, I know it's cool it too is that new. when you click on the icons like the lead singer icon is like a girl, you know, with long hair, like a little silhouette. Oh, and neat. then you can, you know, it's, you can, you can assign different things. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Kel, for sharing that, man. That's really cool. And that was what we were talking about. So it's nice to have a visual of it. Um, yeah, right on, Kel. Um, so I guess Kel is our only listener. <laughs> we have to have Kel on the show one of these days. We're going to have to. He seems to know what he's doing. Um, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, you have the advantage, obviously, of... of you own your equipment and nobody else is using it. Whereas I, I'm using a house equipment that uh, everybody uses and uh, is not really well taken care of. So it's amazing one that, of the th- that we not can to actually, cut you off, but one of the things we talked about too was, you know, once you have that set up, Steve, you could have, you know, if you didn't want to do the sound yourself, like Steve will do the sound. And then once he gets it up, you know, it, it's pretty much on autopilot. But right. if you had someone, a sound person, you could say, come to the gig you know, here's the iPad, you sit out front, and you mix the band. You don't have to bring anything. Just show up and get it up and running, and then just mix the band from an iPad out, you know, front of house. Right. That's what the sound man does here for us at the Swamp, anyway. They, they used to have digital at Crazy Corner, and they do not anymore. And uh, But at the Swamp, he uses an iPad to mix us all, and that's pretty nice um, to have him right there, like, standing right in front of me, and I can say, do this, do that, do that. Okay, we're good. Um yeah, right on. You know, the swamp we have it a lot more dialed in, and it's the same guy. It's the same sound man. The guy who does the swamp is doing Crazy Corner now, but he's just not used to that room or that setup, and it's just a mess. So somebody really needs to go in there and just fix it all, and and uh, probably buy a new uh, snake and everything. 
and new cables, new new everything, new mic stands. You should see the mic stand I'm using. It's ridiculous. There's like three different colored duct tapes on it, and it just it wa- <laughs> it wa- it wobbles like every at every location of the mic stand. If you like, if you grab the mic stand from where the, at the mic clip, it'll the top will wobble, and then you know the the bottom part wobbles in a different direction. It's t- and it's a tripod bottom. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's good times right there. Yes, it, the, the one of the best, most popular music cities in the world, on one of the most popular streets in the world, and that's what we have to deal with. And I'm not going to, you know, bitch too much about that because I do love my job. I love playing on Bourbon Street, um, but it's something of note anyway that uh, you would think would be more taken care of because entertainment is all that these clubs have to bring in uh, folks. And what, and what also, is also another interesting feature with this X32 is you can save a scene. So let's say you play a club, right? And you get the board all dialed in and you get the levels and you get the mix and you get everything exactly how you want it. Right. You save it. Right. And then, you know, 10 gigs later when you're back at that place again, you just click that button that, you know, you, you saved it to and all the faders move, comes right up and it's it's right as it was the last time you played there. Right. And you know, it's dialed in the effects, the volume, the, the, the gain, everything is... It, it just come, it recalls it immediately. Right, and then you can easily make minor tweaks if you need to. Sure, but you're not starting all over again from zero, you know, right. trying to feel out the room. Right. You know, when you ring out the room sometimes, different uh, venues depending on, you know, if there's a lot of wood, if there's a lot of tile, if it's, if it's boomy, if it's, you know, bright, if you have a bad echo, if you're outdoors, you know. So, like, we just played the outdoor gig and we saved that scene. So that would be the first outdoor scene, you know, that we have. So next time we play outdoors, we can just bring up that scene, and we're right back where we, we were. So And it saves everything, front of house, monitors, everything. I think it saves the front of house, and then your app on your device saves your monitor mix. Oh, okay. There's, gotcha. no, there's no scenes for the monitor, so I can't save, like, this is my monitor mix from bar A, and this is the monitor mix from venue B. It just it recalls it however it was with the levels, you know, and the effects that you put on it. So technically, it should stay pretty close to the same you know um unless the volumes change but you can adjust it on the fly so it's not that big of a deal if you need to you know to tweak something nice very good man very good i'm, I'm happy to hear you guys got that going and uh and uh and it's working well for you it's awesome yep very very exciting that's what i want to share with you guys because nothing like being able you know nothing more inspiring when you play than having you know, it sound really kick ass, you know, from the second you start playing and it's just like, wow, it just sounds so good. And you just get so inspired to play. And, you know, you play a lot more comfortably because you can hear everything, you know, so you're not overplaying. You're not hitting the drums too hard because you can't hear them. Sometimes, you know, if you're outdoors in a bigger venue, like we've played, you know, South Orange uh, Performing Arts Center, the SOPAC uh, concert series in the summer, you know, and it's in the park down in South Orange and it's full, you know, pro audio. Pro sound, uh, you know, forty-eight channel board, four uh, eighteens, you know, four fifteens. Uh, it's just a huge mammoth, you know, PA system. But you're playing in like a football field, you know. And when you're in that big of a venue, without an in-ear monitor, which we didn't have at the time because it was all, you know, house gear, we're the only band that was playing. But they set everything up, and we had a, a wedge monitor. And you know, you're outside in this giant space so you just you can't hear the drums you know so you're just naturally hitting them harder because 
you're laying into the kick drum and it sounds like a cardboard box. You know, you can't hear anything because the sound just vanishes. Right. You put the in ears in and it's right back in your face again. It's like playing in your in your you know, studio in your house. Right. And then you can play, you know, at a much more comfortable level and you're not struggling and you're not hitting too hard and you're you know, relaxed and it sounds really good and you can have the dynamics and the nuances that you want to have in the in your playing, you know? Yeah. And and most of all really controlling the volume and cutting out that ambient noise of the room and the drums. That's what I find best about it because i'm standing stage left hi-hat side of the drummer right next to him and you know those symbols are you know a, a foot away from my ears um so having the ears in ears in cuts that out big time um so there's so many uh, advantages to using in ears so people out there if you haven't tried them try them just try them and uh know that it's going to take some getting used to but um it's definitely in the long run much much better for you on all counts yeah and if you wear if you know you're a musician that's comfortable on stage wearing earplugs you know like i know sometimes like we'd have loud you know gigs or loud venues and steve would put earplugs in not in ears just so if you're you know accustomed to playing with earplugs in the in-ears will do the same thing it'll isolate the sound right so you're not getting blown out right but then you can adjust the volume from a, a little bit to you know as much as you want in your in your uh, headphones, but you do have to be careful because you get excited and you start cranking it up. You know now you listen to it at like a pretty you know full volume, and you're blasting away for two or three hours. You know your ears are ringing if you're not careful. So you do need to right. adjust the volume accordingly so that you're not hurting yourself because right. it is directly in your ear. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's the other thing to be cognizant of. Yeah. I find the difference between earplugs and using in-ears. With earplugs, it really cuts out the highs. You know, you, you have that, that sort of right. low muffled sound in your head, which works for you, especially if you're singing and you really want to be on pitch. That really helps you hear your own voice. Um, better than um, a wedge monitor would it just i'm just talking about having earplugs in but right then you have those ear you know the in-ears in with the music then you can control those highs so you still have the it's sort of have the ambient sound of the room in your head it's it feels bigger and wider much bigger and wider than it does if you have uh, earplugs in um you know you feel like you're in this room of players where you can hear everybody equally or, or as equally as you want to um, and that's, uh, it, it, it's a definite for me, like I'll pull out the in-ears every once in a while just to hear the room. And it's such a big difference. It is, it's a tremendous difference in how everything sounds and it's so much better oh, with yeah. those in-ears. But the, yeah, the, for people like you're saying, who've tried earplugs, um, don't expect that it's going to be that limiting as earplugs are, um, because you have the control over the sound. And, uh, Correct. But it still serves the same purpose as earplugs because it it's blocking out the the, the white noise hiss sound of, of the room. So uh, that's that's a, right. a really great thing about yeah, it. And then you're yeah, and then you're mixing in the bottom and and the high and the vocal and stuff to, to crystal clarity. You know, so like you said, if you have headphones in and you can hear your voice in your head, you know, for a monitor mix, just imagine once you you bring up that fader and you can hear your voice like it's in your headphones like this. You know, it's right. It's really right you know in your face um and the other really cool thing i forgot to mention too with the behringer is it has gates on it so you can assign gates to each channel so i can gate all of the drums you know so 
when I'm hitting the kick drum, the snare is not buzzing. The tom is not ringing. You know, when you hit the tom, it's doom and it's gone. It's not doom and lingering, you know, because, you know, as you know, with drums, you, you, you play, you know, you, say you have a 10, 12, 16, you know, that 10 might be tuned very similar to your snare. So every time you hit that 10, the snare is buzzing, you know, having the sympathetic buzz and it's getting excited and it, it's, it's vibrating and it's buzzing. Or the twelve might be ringy, and when you hit the kick drum, it's it's just it's it's every time you hit the the kick, you know, and you have a little bit of overtone to it. So yeah. when you gate it, that cleaned up the sound tremendously too, because now the drums are crisp, they're clear, they're fat, and when you hit it, it rings just long enough, you know. You give it like a one second delay, you know, a one second gate rather, or you know, a second and a half, and it's just enough time. Uh, to where, you know, the sensitivity, you can still play ghost notes and hear them, but on the toms especially, they don't ring for days because I like to play them wide open, you know, so they have a nice, big, warm sound. I might throw, like, a, a moon gel on it, which is just a little, uh, like, a putty uh, little square, like a synthetic, like a rubbery uh, mute, you know, and you put that on there and it takes the overtone right off it, and you can you can play with that, and depending where you place it on the head, you know, it'll influence how much ring you have. But with the gate... That all becomes, uh, you know, obsolete. So very cool, very exciting, and uh, finally stepped into the modern day. Excellent, excellent. I wish I had my uh, Mr. Burns excellent sound effect. Um, all right, so on the page now, we still have no participants. <laughs> what happened to Kelly? Left? Well, he's in the group. He's probably listening, but he's just not saying anything. That's fine. Um but, um, yeah, the page, we have 992 people reached out of 74,822 people. No, 74,556 people. Well, let's go, people. It's, Where's the other 73,000 well, it's, it's not their fault. It's not reaching people's news feeds. So i I got to do a better job selling this whole thing. Um, so, but this We'll might, get there. It's only, episode, it's only episode five. Number five, and uh, it's the first time doing it live, so I need to, like, hype it up, sell it. And get people involved. Five Alive. But at you least... Remember the drink Five Alive? Do you remember that? It was like a multi... Like a fruit drink? Like orange juice almost? Five Alive? Do not remember that. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, I was... We were going to talk about this article, but I don't know if we're going to get to this. So, um... I, a topic... Yeah, sorry. We spent a lot of time on, on gear, but I think it was yeah, it's a, all good. A, yeah, yeah, a worthy it's, it's you know, a, explanation. Yeah, it's a, it's a big topic of discussion. Um, but somebody... Uh, wrote to cover Band central and asked about um the frequency of having people come up and jam or asked to come up and jam people that are in the crowd and uh and uh how bands approach that and deal with it and uh he he was coming sort of from the angle of it was an annoying thing to him and so that's something we could talk about because it happens a lot for me <laughs> What what I have a I have a lot of good yeah I mean it happens about that we could probably go a long time for this but it, it just happened recently so I, I as soon as he asked that I, I it brought me thinking it got me thinking about what had just happened it was probably the night before um, and it happens a lot here in New Orleans because we you know we play so often and uh, especially at the swamp it's a very sort of lax type of atmosphere as far as we're concerned you know we try to put on our show but. You know, friends come in. Uh, we always have friends come up and jam, especially uh, people that are already in town and popping in. 
and uh, then if friends visit from out of town, we'll have them come in, come up on stage and play. Um, but but you're invite you're inviting them up to play though. Yes, uh, but then so once in a while, people in the crowd will say, "Hey, can, can I come up and jam?" And um, most of the time, we say yes. We usually encourage people to tip the band to do that to to be able to come up on stage or buy us drinks, um, but do you know something? Give us something for it. Um, and, uh, and most of the time they do. Um, and even if they're just throwing a couple bucks in the, in the tip bucket, that's fine. As long as they're, you know, showing they contribute. But let me something. ask you, let me ask you a question. Have, have you ever been out, you know, to see a band and you don't know anybody in the band and go up to them and say, Hey, you know, I play bass. Can I get up and play a song? Um, I have, boy, I, I can't think of any specific instance when I did that. But I, I can tell you a really quick funny story, and I can make the story really long, but I'm not going to. Um, Halloween, uh, in it was uh, probably about 10 years ago. In, uh, in, I was living in New Jersey, and I, it was a, like a Wednesday night. Halloween was that year, and I dressed up as the Scream guy, the Scream character, with the, whole, yeah. with the robe and the mask and everything. And um, it was a Wednesday night, and I went to a club uh, that used to be in Denville, New Jersey, called the Fireside, which was a very popular club in North, yeah. North Jersey for cover, there. cover bands. Yeah, very popular for cover bands in North Jersey back then. It's no longer there. Um, but uh, I went in in this costume, and I was just in a, in a, in a sort of rambunctious mood. And I, I walk in, and the band's playing, and I knew the band. I knew the, a couple of the guys in the band anyway. I had just... I'd met them there at the fireside, and I think we did a benefit together. And um, I I walk in the club, and I see everybody is just kind of like standing there. Everybody's in their costumes and stuff, but everybody's just standing there watching the band, and nobody's like dancing. It didn't seem like a, a jovial atmosphere. So I went in, and I probably had I already had a couple drinks, and uh, <laughs> and I went in, and I just started acting like. A, an idiot a fool just like da- <laughs> dancing like over the top dancing like and nobody's dancing and i'm just like over the top dancing in my screen you know outfit i'm six feet tall so i kind of look like you're in screen. camouflage i, like, I kind of look like the screen guy and I'm, I'm going up to girls and i'm just grinding on girls and like even if they're standing right next to their boyfriend and i'm getting these dirty looks i'm getting people trying to grab the mask off but i but i had it on really well so nobody could get it off and then i go up uh, the singer's on the side of the stage, and I worked my way up to the, the side of the stage, and I was like, I was like, hey, dude, and I didn't take my mask off. I said, hey, dude, can I get up and play? Uh, I'm a bass player. And he's looking at me just like befuddled, just like, are you, are you effing kidding me? Like, who are you, and what the hell are you? Because everybody, at that point, everybody in the club had seen me, and just everybody was, I was like almost the entertainment of the room. Right. And then I, so I lift my mask really quick, and I say, hey, it's Steve. And he recognized me. He's like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I get up on stage and just, again, I'm, I'm, and we played machine head by Bush and I'm just acting like a complete idiot on stage, but I'm playing the song. I knew the song and I could play it well, but I'm just like over the top because there was a, a costume contest. So I'm just like over the top being the scream guy. And it just killed me. It was, it was so much fun for me to do that, to just go in and as a, like, a, like a total stranger, in a club where nobody knew who I was and play. <laughs> That's great. Goof. And then I eventually I revealed, like I knew the owner and she was there bartending 
And she yep. was she was trying to guess who it was. Patty. And, Patty, yeah. And she was trying to guess. She she was making guesses, and she never guessed me. And then I lifted my mask, and she's like, ah. I was going to guess you. And that's when I smoked, and you could smoke in the bar, too. So I had a little cigarette hole cut in in the uh, in the mouth of the screen mask and I would use nice. and I was drinking a beer out of a, with a straw through <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the little hole in the screen mask I was drinking a beer through a straw and smoking cigarettes through the, straw, uh, through the hole and uh, so uh, so I know that was a very very long answer to your question but uh, other than that I can't think of any other time specifically when I asked a band and I didn't know the band if I could just get up and play well, that's what I was kind of getting at. It's like it's almost like an etiquette, you know. When people are like, you know, I'm, I'm a really good guitar player, man. You gotta let me get up there so I can jam, you know. You're like right. it doesn't always go so well. You it know? doesn't, but it's fun and when I it does. Think, you know? it, it is fun and have a good time, but sometimes it's not appropriate, you know. Like I remember one time we were playing this outdoor gig and it was like a firehouse wet down for a new truck that they bought, you know. And there's like a thousand people there. We're set up in the the bay of the firehouse facing out in, into this giant parking lot full of people full stage you know big riser sounded great i mean the pa was great i guess the backdrop of that fire ha you know garage behind us was almost like an echo chamber so it was like adding a ton of ambience to the band and this guy comes up and he's like hey you know my 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 cousin's in town and he's a really good drummer he's probably a better drummer than you are and uh you know we got to get him up there to <laughs> really play. he said that yeah, and, and I'm just like, that's great. You know, let me know where he's playing sometime. We'll come check him out. And he's like, well, no, he's going to be playing up, you know, on the stage in a, in a couple minutes when you let him up there. And I'm like, I, we don't let people sit in, you know. Uh -huh. And the guy got such an attitude, and it wasn't that we didn't want the guy to sit in, but he was kind of obnoxious, and it just wasn't the right, you know, venue. Like there was no break for us to get down. It wasn't like calling people up, you know. It was one song after the next, after the next, after the next, and it was a, right. you know, it was like a standing room only, like a thousand people. Right. That's a rude thing to say to to somebody. That's not how you in, ingratiate yourself to the band. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, my my friend is a drummer. He's pretty, he's better than you are. <laughs> and then the guy, well, he's, he's probably better than you are. But I mean, it, it all depends. Like, I can remember as a kid, we played this biker party, you know. And I'm like, eighteen. I have a brand new Yamaha Power Recording Custom drum set. I just bought it. You know, I took a bank loan. My parents co-signed for it. Uh, I got my dream drum set, and it's like, you know, it's mint. I got road cases for it, and we get to the gig, and we set it all up, and, you know, we start playing. And we come on the break, and now these four, like, big, intimidating biker guys come up and, you know, hey, drummer, my brother plays drums. You know, you got to let him get up there and play some drums because, uh, you know, he's a drummer, and he's good, and we want, we want to see him, want to hear him play. Drums. I said, yeah, drums, you're a drummer, right? You're a drummer. You can let him, can let him up there to play. So I you said, know. oh, guys, you know, I don't know. I said, it's my father's drum set, and, you know, he might not be, what, do you think he's not good enough to play on your drums? Is that what you're saying now, that he's not good enough to play on your drums? Now it's getting, like, you know, hey, this guy says Johnny's not good enough to play on his drum set, you know? Now you got all these other guys coming up. So I said, listen, how about this? We let Johnny come up and play drums. And you let me take your Harley for a spin. There you go. What do you mean? So, well, you know, no offense, right? But I'm going to let the guy play the drums. I have no problem. You can see they're, they're brand new. They're beautiful. I know how to ride. He knows how to play drums. So let me have your bike. I'll take it for a spin. That wouldn't be a problem, right? Well, that's different. You know, it's my bike. I said, and these are, these are my drums, you know? Right. Yeah, you, you know what? Hey, drummer, you're all right, man. You're all right, kid. Yeah, and then they're hugging me, and let's have a beer, you know, and Johnny doesn't have to come up and play anymore. Did you drop so the mic? Relate, Did you drop the mic no. at that point? 
no, not the guy. <laughs> there was no exchange of any bikes or anything of that nature. Right. The guy just got the point of saying, like, right. you know, um, I'm sure, you know, Johnny can play, and that would be fine, you know? But it right. was like the day after I just bought the new drums, so I was real reluctant just to let him play. Not that he's going to yeah, do yeah, any yeah. damage to him, you know what I mean? But right. you never know. Yeah, you, you never know what's going to happen. You never do know. I guess we're more easy, uh, readily uh, uh, doing it here because the especially for the drums, it's just a house kit. So it's like, I mean, the drummer brings his own snare and his own brass and hardware, but... Um, and you can't hurt drums, you know what I mean? It's not like the guy's going to break yeah. heads. He's not coming up there and pounding, you know, like a, a lunatic. He's not going to hit harder than, than yeah. I'm hitting, you know? I, I'll And I'll let anybody play bass. And I had one guy come up and play bass and just pound the hell out of it. Just He was just hitting it as hard as he could. And, and he was good. You know, he had chops, but he was just, like, overplaying over everything. Just, like, here's my chops, here's my chops, here's my chops. Yeah. <laughs> and and just playing, like, screaming loud. But, um, but we had a guy come up uh just the other night uh i think it was sunday night um and uh he asked to play guitar he's very kind of clean cut looking um i would say in his probably mid to late 40s uh uh glasses grayish hair like salt and pepper hair um dressed nice you know had a blazer on nice jeans and uh and, and he seemed very polite um and i was no i had nothing to do with the whole interaction i he just came up on stage because um, somebody else said yeah sure come up um and uh this is the, the the toughest part of this is the the coming up with the song like if we didn't have a song chosen um already to sing uh we, usually what we do is defer to them you know like what do you want to play and a lot of times people even experienced people will come up and say well, well i don't know what do you guys know and which is the wrong answer because we we're going to know probably more than you. I mean, I, I hate to you know pull rank on there, but we do this you know five nights a week. We're probably going to yeah. most likely we're going to know more songs than you. So you pick a song, and then we'll adjust to you. Um, so you know he was that's what he did, and he we bounced it back and said you know you pick a song, and then he did pick something. We said okay, um, and um, ah God, I can't remember what the song was. It was a bluesy rock song, but a common bluesy rock song like a pretty popular one i can't remember what it was um but we played and uh he was using austin is our guitar player he's using austin strat and we played it and he was great you know he had feel he, he obviously um so uh we asked him to did uh pride and joy by stevie stevie Vaughan. and uh and he was great you know like he knew all the solos knew everything and very tasty and stuff and so I like having that opportunity here in New Orleans where I can meet musicians that are really good from hard and I would plug his name right now if I could reach his card but I can't. Um and uh so that's a really cool thing. So I I'm a proponent of letting people come up on stage. You know, I could see in your case where you didn't want to do that, you know, the um but for me, in my location too, especially, I, I like having people come up and play just for that reason. And you know, they're not always going to be that good. Um, but usually, people are at least passable enough to get through a song. Usually. Oh yeah, and you know, like I said, that that instance I brought up with the bikers—that's you know, twenty-something years ago. You know, playing an outdoor party upstate New York somewhere. You know, with with the, with the band at the time called Jetstar. And like I said, I was like eighteen, and those guys were like forty. And we played a lot of gigs with, with those guys, but a lot of just different, you know, a lot of biker type of uh, events, you know. But nowadays, you know, if we're somewhere, 
Um, like I said, especially private parties, you know, people are, it's not, a, it's not like at a bar, you know, and if they're coming up and saying, Hey, you know, my, my son plays drums. Could he play a song or, you know, could, could my brother come up and play? And it's like, sure, man, come on up. What do you, what do you want to do? What do you know? Right. And it gives you an opportunity to, for me at least to go out front and listen to the band, what it sounds like out front, you know, cause I never get to hear that. Right. Yeah. I like that and, opportunity and, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives someone else a sense of pleasure or joy, you know, to be able to play with the band. Like they may have never played with a band ever. And that's the first time, you know, and especially if it's a younger kid, like we played party one time and this, you know, young man was probably like 12 years old, maybe, you know, and he's come up and said, Hey man, I really like drums. And, uh, I got some drums and I've been taking lessons and I, you know, start a little rapport and you could see, you know, the kid was camped out next to the kit and he was like really interested, you know, so I'm like, Hey, you want to play? And he's like, Oh, I'd love to, you know? And then, you know, you announce him on the mic and he's going to come up and he's going to play this song. You know, you know the song, right? And he's like, yeah, I know it. I know it. And he gets up and, you know, now all the relatives are around taking pictures and video of them, you know, on their phone. And everyone's like, it's this big event, you know, and right. the kid gets up and he's like, oh, thanks so much, man. That was great. You know, and then at the end of the night, it's like you got parents and relatives coming up saying like, oh, thank you so much for letting him play with you. You don't understand. This is like, you know, made made his his whole year, you know, that he got to play with a, you know, a professional band. And he got, to, you know, that thank you for giving him the opportunity, you know, so you're sharing and you know, letting other people enjoy what we get to enjoy, you know, uh, right. on such a regular basis. And it may not be a big deal to let somebody sit in, but maybe that person sitting in, is the biggest deal of their life up to that point, you know, and right. that, that's huge. And that could make, you know, that could be a, a game changing moment for, for a young musician to say, you know, that, that, that launched them to do greater things or that inspired them to be better or they never thought they would have that opportunity and now they did and now they're starting their own band, you know, or sure. who knows where it leads, but it's just a positive, you know, it's it's it all depends how you look at it, right? If you look at it like you're going to be annoyed that this person's asking you to sit in or you look at it like an opportunity to, to make someone's day. And again, you got to read that. You know, someone coming up tripping on, on themselves drunk as a skunk saying, I'm a really good singer, man. You let me get up there. It's a little different than someone saying, hey, you know, you think I could maybe come up and, and sing a song with the band? Right. But it's all good. All good. Yeah. So to really kind of address this guy, and I found his name, Jim, La, La, I want to say this right, Lazanis, I think. It's L-A-U-Z-O-N-I-S. Um, he brought this up. and um, It could be Lazonis, too. And what he said was um, um, why people, he wanted to know if why people think it's okay to ask to sit in. And um, and he, he mentioned how some people get upset um, if, if the band doesn't allow them. But just like you explained, the band really wants to make you a part of the party for all the positive reasons that come with it but sometimes there's a reason that we can't because it's new gear because we have a show that we're rolling um and, and it's never anything personal to anybody so when people want to come up and jam um it, it's you have to be uh you discriminate based on the situation and, and not on the person themselves so i think that's uh <laughs> real quick we played this party one time and i get there on the first one there of course right because i got all the drums and this guy is on his back patio it was a, like a lake house right it was on uh raccoon lake in lake apacon and you got to take a ferry over you know and the last ferry leaves at like eleven thirty. so if you're not on it you're sleeping on the island right so we get there you take you drive your car into this like little 
little ferry it's like a real hokey little ferry you know it's like a one car operation you pull on it they put the gate down and then it's like this cable pulls you across maybe like 100 you know 200 feet to the island so long story short we get to the island they drive up i pull down and there's a guy jamming on the patio mm-hmm. he's jamming on his guitar he's the owner of the house he says oh great man yeah you know i hired you guys today and i'm sitting in with you i'm gonna play with you okay cool but maybe not the whole night you know we'll, we'll see what we want to do so Anyway, we get set up, we talk, you know, the rest of the band, hey, the guy wants to sit in, it's his house and whatever, he's paying, you know, he hired the band, so if he wants to sit in and play, great, you know, let him sit in and play. But he only wants to play Rolling Stones, and uh, he's got his rig on the stage, and his other brother or his cousin's going to play as well. So Steve has a backup guitar, right, and the guy says to him, can I use your guitar to warm up, you know, before we come up to play, because mine's up on the stage already. So Steve says, yeah, no problem. So unknown to anyone, he retunes Steve's backup guitar to Keith Richards' tuning, which is, you know, completely different than the regular tuning that Steve has on. Uh-huh. And he gets up, and he, we jammed a couple of Stones tunes, and he played, and he played that guitar, and his, his cousin played the other guitar that he was playing with earlier, and it went on for like a half an hour, and he did some announcements and thanked some people, and we played another Rolling Stones tune, we're done, and then he put the guitar back on Steve's stand, and then that was it. Next day comes, you know, we get off the island on time. Next day comes, we have a gig. Same thing, back to back. So Steve just unpacks his stuff, puts it back on the stand, does whatever. And Kel, I think, says to him, or, or Jim, hey, you, uh, you know, is your backup guitar? He says, yeah, I got to check the tuning on it. And when he picked it up, it was completely the wrong tuning. So, you know, how great would that have been if he would have broke a string and just put that guitar down and picked up the backup guitar and it would be like, <laughs> it'd be completely in the wrong key. <laughs> Uh, that's great <laughs> and he was so upset like i can't believe that my that guy retuned my whole guitar that's great <laughs> yeah you know if, if if somebody gets up in there to play my bass and they start tuning it like yeah. no 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 it's in <laughs> it's in tune trust me yeah it's ready to go just start playing it's in tune oh my goodness uh that's great yeah that's that's good stuff all right buddy well here we go yeah, another successful show coming to you live. Yeah, live for the first time, and uh, we'll keep doing this live. Uh, Cover Band Central Audio Podcast on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Central, or you join the group. There's a link on the page to the group. Always a pleasure, my friend. Awesome. You got it, brother. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 